Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined in studio by Ellison Wiest, or should I say the book bully? Yes, you should. Hello, Ellison. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. <laughs> How are you? Good. So yesterday was a big day for you. We're recording this on Wednesday. It was. I uh, My new podcast, uh, The Book Bully, launched and Oh my gosh, um, I'm just so humbled. Uh, first, I want to thank you for, um, you know, putting it up on the Another Mother Runner blog, and the feedback has been wonderful, and I'm so excited. And we need to give a big shout out to Alex, our producer, because that's who started this whole party. That's exactly by right. By saying, he said, oh, I could listen to Ellison talk all day long. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> regretting saying that now, but... <laughs> No, Alex has been a godsend. He's at this point he's my favorite male millennial. <laughs> um and <laughs> So yeah, so he said that and then I just so uh, appropriately enough I called you from uh um, my using my phone overlooking a track, a running track oh, to tell right. you. And because uh, I forget, there was something. Oh, I guess the kids were at the pool, and that's right at the high school, right. and it's right near the uh, track. And uh, you and I, as you know, people don't talk on the phone very much these days. But I texted you, oh, can we talk? And uh, yeah, yeah, I was stunned. I was like, she's gonna fire me. <laughs> that's what's happening. She's she's putting me on the road. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I remember you started off by saying that you had said to Alex. You know, I think uh, we're going to do a winter reading um, episode. And then Alex had said, I don't think that's a good idea. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And then he said, he thinks you should start your own podcast. Yeah, yeah. So and the feedback seemed great online. And gosh, it was really wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting. So but I got to say this podcasting business, it's fun. But it's cutting into my reading time. <laughs> oh no, we can't have that. Yeah. Can't have that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, particularly you have it's you yourself and you. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Uh, yeah. So give us a little behind the scenes because I mean, gosh, our show's been around for six and a half years, so I barely remember what the early days were like. Chaotic. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, you know, I am a I'm a boomer, so our our understanding of a lot of how things work, and that's where Alex has earned his. Mm-hmm. His uh, stars, you know, his his uh, uh, angel wings, because he gets <laughs> a lot of questions from me about, you know, how do I do this? Oh, how, how do I, do I set up that? a Gmail account? Right, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, my daughter, it's hilarious because she's, she's also a millennial. And when I posted something on Facebook, I got this message from her saying, could you make this a public post so that I can share it? Oh, <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, that's, it's a, you know, it's a work in progress and uh, a lot of learning. And so you're, it's going to be every other week. It's going to be bi-weekly. That's what we're going to start with every other week and, and see Which how Which is what goes. AMR started as is bi-weekly. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to follow in the footsteps of giants. Then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just because yeah. we got big feet. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, if I can, if I can attain half of your uh, success and oh, uh, I just, I just am so excited about it. And um, again, very, very grateful for the feedback and. Um, looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, I just think you are, you, you know, one of your many defining characteristics is being an avid reader. And I think now, you know, for a while there, you were a book reviewer for the Portland Tribune. Right. And so to really now um, have a quote unquote reason 
for, for doing all your reading. You're like, hey, Carl, get off my case. That's I got to do exactly. a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, Carl said something last night about I was reading a book. And he said, man, you're still reading that? And I was like, look, <laughs> I got other stuff I'm doing, <laughs> which made me think, oh, my God, is my husband just accustomed to me just lounging around <laughs> reading and eating bonbons? Or <laughs> yeah, but I am getting back into running. So uh-huh. uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a race I did. I did. On uh, Thanksgiving, I ran a turkey trot with my daughter, who has uh, just started to get into running. And she's, uh, and she's a mother runner. She is a mother runner, and she was thrilled. Uh, I gave her a, another mother runner hat. She was thrilled mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did a turkey trot. And thank God for, for having one of those decade birthdays, because I actually won my age group, although uh, at first... They thought I came in second, and a friend of Carol's, Carol's my daughter, had stayed behind because we had to get home and had picked up my medal, and she brought it to me and said, you know, you came in second. I'm like, oh, that's fine. And then the next day, they posted the results. Now, bear in mind that this was a small southern town, small race. It's probably only about, probably a total only about two to 300 people running oh, okay. in it, maybe a little more, and um but there it posted, and I'd won my age group by about 10 minutes. About 10 minutes. Yeah. So my daughter's like, you need to contact them. I'm like, no, this is fine. And my son-in-law's like, no, 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 you need to contact them. I contacted them, and they got back and said, yes, there was a mistake. We accidentally, you know, gave the medal to somebody else. And um, here's a, what we can, what we suggest you do, because on the back, it had a little sticker that said second place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they said, just mark through it. <laughs> And put first place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks for that suggestion. Yeah. Wouldn't have thought of that one by myself. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah. And, you know, you show it to somebody, somebody turns know, it over right, and says, right. oh, poor Allison. She, <laughs> right. she, look at this. She thinks you can't see that the two is scratched. <laughs> Oh, anyway. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, oh. So, yeah. So, um, and how did it feel to be back in, in racing style? Uh, it felt great. Uh, pretty humbling, though, because, um, like, I do not want to say what I ran oh, okay. a 5K in. Please don't make okay. me. Okay. Uh, so that was that was a little, uh, a little humbling. Like I say, man, you know, estrogen, I miss you. <laughs> 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 I mean, but it did, it did feel good. Um, you know, um, it was, it was fun. I'm glad I did it and uh-huh. I'm going to, you know, try to keep it up. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but, Do you have anything on the 2018 horizon then? Uh, not yet. Um, but so many of the races around <laughs> here, there's a 5k in December that has already, um, filled up. I think the one. That's amazing. Oh, you know, the one that's out on the bluff. Oh, oh gosh, know. I'm blanking. You mean the holiday half, but does yeah, it have a 5K? Yeah, it has a 5K. Oh, well, that holiday half here in Portland is so popular. Oh, it always gosh. sells out. And it's hilarious because it's usually the most horrible weather. Oh, it can be atrocious oh. Oh. weather. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. I remember Molly ran it one year. That was the year that um, I had signed up, and I was we were going around with our friend Kristen, and 
I suddenly was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be in Mexico that day. <laughs> oh, that's the day after we leave. So so there I am down in Cabo, and the, it, the rain was, like, coming sideways at them. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, but that's so funny. But um, so Molly's daughters have done it um, a few times. And, I, and I've done it um, once as well. That was actually what um, my time at that was what made me decide to re-qualify for Boston. So I have fond memories of that one. But um, when Molly went... Um, I guess it was in 20, December 2015, so two years ago, and there was this guy way out in front of everybody else, just way out in front of everybody else, and Molly was like, wow, that guy's fast. Oh, that would be Galen Rupp qualifying <laughs> for the right. Olympic trials, oh, that's right. because if you run a half, Galen Rupp, uh, who, uh, you know, has won, he won... Oh, gosh, I'm he, embarrassed. He, he won. He won Chicago, the Chicago Marathon. Oh, he back, won Chicago. Yeah, this he won year. Sh- this year, and he won a. Um, did he win bronze in the? Uh, oh Olympic? gosh, was it bronze? It's or was it silver? silver. Oh. One or the other. Right. Oh no, he uh, he won bronze because he won silver in the 10,000 meters behind Mo Farah. That's it. That yep. was, and that was a great race. Oh, Ugh. that was his gosh. yeah his training partner at the time, Mo Farah. Right. Exactly. So so um <clears throat> so yeah so to dial that back in now that we've gone all that way that, yeah. that he qualify you can qualify for the Olympic trial with a really speedy half marathon time so he just he had never run you know because and then the olympic trials ended up being his first marathon at which he won which he won right exactly and so <laughs> molly said it was staggering how much in front of everybody oh, yeah. else he was i mean he ran close to an hour half marathon oh, my goodness and my yeah. and that's a great course to run a good time on it is and you know all he, flat. he grew up here he went to central catholic he right. had that's where he met alberto salazar his controversial coach um you know at the time alberto was uh coaching at central catholic right so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well so so uh, i mean we have a lot of races around here so i'm not that concerned about it um mm-hmm. i just have to probably get right on the there was there's like an easter um i think oh, it's the, called the hippity hop hippity yeah it's put yeah. on by the same it's put on by foot traffic right yeah exactly yeah, I and i guys. know that um i think there's still spots they are offering a 5k this year it used to oh. be 10k and a half um but the cutoff for uh, like you know um paying less for the registration mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was was sunday the day that we flew back home oh, shoot. so anyway but yeah um, so it sounds like you're going to be concentrating on 5Ks. I think to begin with, I think, and, and that's so funny because I have always detested 5Ks <laughs> because I'm not speedy. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. you know. In your mind, you're not speedy, Sunshine. Uh, I'm, I'm a distance. I'm a long, uh-huh. long haul gal. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. I think that's, I think that's uh, yeah, what you, it is. You do quite well long distances. Yeah, so. I, di- I, I did. <laughs> oh, back in the day. <laughs> you were back there. When I had estrogen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh well you just pointed at uh here in the studio we are it's not just you me and alex that's exactly right it's a little fellow by the name of augie he's so cute and no sarah has not given birth <laughs> yeah, or adopted yeah uh no i have now entered the realm of dog owner and um i'm very excited i haven't told dimity yet because i'm flying to denver this afternoon and i want to tell her in person because she is going to just her jaw is going to hit the ground. Okay, like my did. Mine did when right. I came I in I and you were holding you, it. you and Alex to show up early and I didn't want to... <laughs> and, uh, So, yeah. So, his real name is Augustus, but he goes by Augie. And he is a four and a half month old French bulldog with a face only a mother can love. Oh, no. He is adorable. Right now, he is just splayed out on Alex's lap. <laughs> yeah. I need to almost Facebook live this or something. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, he I'm gonna is take a photo. Just, <laughs> and he is a love. He is just well, you know how puppies are. Oh. So he, uh, yes. Yeah, so and I said to the breeder, I said um, that I we wanted a really cuddly, lovey, kissy dog, and that is Augie. Oh my gosh! Yesterday. He slept in my lap for three hours during the workday. Thankfully, I had peed peed before he went to sleep because it meant that I was seated for three hours. And finally, I'm like, dog, not just you have to go to the bathroom, but I do. (laughs) And of course, I have to attend to his needs first. So I texted Molly and I said, I need a porta potty in my yard. (laughs) Either that or a catheter. (laughs) Why aren't I a man and I could just pee out here in my yard? (laughs) Or the Coke bottle. (laughs) Right. Right. So, so, oh, and he. He's just, he's, uh, he's very lovey, cuddly, and likes to play, and has tons of energy, but then, unlike my twins, you can calm him right down. Like, he can be running around our kitchen like a crazy man, and then I'm like, I gotta get to work, and I can put him in my lap, and he's like, oh, it's so nice here, oh, so nice oh, here. Oh, that's kind of like Zeke. We had a, as you know, we mm-hmm. had a pug for mm-hmm. 15 years, and he was a lap, oh, oh, he was a lap boy all the way. Oh, I know, oh. I know. He was, Zeke was oh. definitely one of the first dogs that I was like, okay, maybe I could do this thing, <laughs> maybe. I just loved him, and so, yeah. so what it was, was... That, you know, I thought I wouldn't own a dog, but um, I wanted to have, started thinking I want to have a dog when I'm an empty nester. <laughs> and, uh, and then I thought it would be kind of rude to my kids to get a dog after they leave. Yeah. Because they really wanted a dog. And then uh, while I was out on two different runs, I saw French bulldogs on my run and I usually don't stop you know I see a lot of dogs here in Portland so I don't you don't if you stop for everyone you'd be stopping pretty <laughs> yeah. often even more often than found change yeah. and, uh, oh, yeah. and so sure. I was like oh my gosh and I stopped and you know asked if I could pet them and petted the dogs and so then that got me thinking and then the kids turned in their Christmas lists two weeks ago and John had dog slash cat on the oh. list and I'm like so um as uh, we tell John it's Augie is John's Christmas present, but he's not John's dog. Right. <laughs> he's is, the family Is he dog. on board with that? <laughs> he, he is. He's the one of our kids who could kind of grasp that. Um, I don't know. I'm sure there's some economic policy that would, you know, <laughs> theory that would describe something like that. Um, so, yes. So, um, but I, I got to tell you, it gives me like mad props to you as a, you know, you were a single parent. Yeah. And it, I realize it's a dog. I can put it in a crate. Can't put a baby in a crate. But my gosh, I have utter newfound respect for mother runners who don't have someone to co-parent with i agree i agree i mean it's the first couple of months especially Mm -hmm. um are it's like having a newborn yeah you know (laughs) that i bless you alex hope you're not allergic (laughs) to the dog yeah (laughs) there you can use (laughs) kleenex right there (laughs) so uh yeah and i mean you know that trying to okay not only do i have to get the kids out the door to drive carpool but i have to make sure that augie's gone to the bathroom so i can put him in his crate for a while right you know, and then, oh, do I have time to run to Trader Joe's or should I run home and let him out of the crate? Because you used right. to always be like, you and I would oftentimes have lunch and you'd be like, yep. oh, well, I have to walk the dogs at, because Zeke ended up having a sibling. Right. Um, who, I'm sorry. I've, Toby, Toby, who we right. rescued when he was about 18 months old. And that was a whole different ball of wax. Oh. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so you'd always be like, oh, no, I have to get home and, you yeah. know, walk the dog. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a yeah. your dog. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like, I can't tell you how many times I've thought, 
Oh, E, you're so right. <laughs> I know. I, I know. get it. I love it. I love it when these things come home. Oh, to I know. Roost. Oh, I know. It's like before you're a parent and you're like, Ugh. Yeah, sure, you can't yep. go to that concert. Right, you just don't want to go. Right. And then it's like, oh, I get it. You have to get up really early tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're work, but oh boy, the rewards. That, well, that's, so, so, so far, I mean, I love them. I love them. But I gotta, I gotta, yeah, yeah. I figure once he can roam around the house without having, because I feel very literally hemmed in. I mean, we oh, you are. have a baby gate between our kitchen and our dining room, and then we have a um, pocket door, so he can't go into the living room. And But, you know, I have to, like, fill orders, and I'm like, oh, do I take him downstairs and kind of pen him in in the TV room next to where we keep, you know, like, where I can fill orders, or do I leave him up here, and then he gets lonely, and yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, so it's changing my 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 ways of doing things. So yes, so um, well, I was telling you guys before we went on the air that um, the Cape Cod retreat we opened up <laughs> registration and we were blown away, blown away by how popular it was. Did a soft launch on Sunday, and we were sold out officially within thirty six hours. That's amazing. And then we opened up a few more slots, opened up fifteen more spots, um, and it sold out. Those fifteen slots sold in four hours. That is incredible yeah it is so thank you yeah so um you know i i think it's a combination of many things but i think that cape cod location is really really appealing but also i do you know it's the getting together of bammers and i want to point out to people who might be disappointed that they didn't you know jump on it right away the we are having our ogden retreat and um as the card in front of me, you know, don't think, just go may 17th to 20th in ogden utah and i know that cape cod might have kind of that like not Gatsby, he was down on Long Island, but you know, kind of that John, uh, John. Uh, uh, Cheever, Cheever, yeah, yeah, John Cheever, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, I don't yeah. know if that's or, it. Or no, the other one, uh, yeah, Forsyth. Uh, uh, Not for- no, 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 no. Uh, oh my gosh, it's embarrassing. Up, Updike, Updike, yep, exactly. John Updike, uh, John Updike, John Rabbit, John right, Rabbit, right, no. exactly. <laughs> run, Rabbit, run. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you know, have that type of like allure in the popular culture, but I mean. Ogden is so beautiful. That's what I've heard. I've and, heard it's incredible. I mean, incredible. the race is amazing. Goes, mm-hmm. you know, has a net elevation loss, and you can choose marathon, half marathon, marathon relay, which I think I'll be doing. Um, and you know, so I'd love for people to be on my relay team. Um, so anyway, so I encourage you that. And you, they, now we actually have a retreat tab at the top of our website. So if you want to find out more about our retreats, you go to anothermothermother.com. Oh, yes, because people were having trouble finding it and also sending their partners like to maybe, maybe purchase it as a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. So um, so I'm headed to Denver this afternoon to um, go to a team AMR meeting. And uh, we get together about four times a year to kind of discuss future stuff and do some Facebook live events. Um, we're going to do one for aftershocks and maybe one other. I'm not sure. I love my aftershocks. Aren't they the best? Oh God, they're fantastic. They sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They really are. Yeah. They, wow. they really are. It turns out that is Chinese technology. A, a man in China um, created them and couldn't find any backers in China. And so he found two backers in the U S and so, you know, I'm like, wow, that's an intriguing story. Oh, I so, love mine. I yeah. love mine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it keeps you safe, particularly this time of winter when it's dark out. And mm-hmm. oh, I won't even go on that tangent because this morning, Molly and I were just, we almost had to reach into our mouths and literally hold our tongues. All the people out there without lights and wearing what? black pants, gray shirts, yep. no lights. I'm yep. like, people, yep. put on lights. I know it's our PSA, but we're going to bang that gong again. No, I think you have to keep doing it. And as a driver, you know, that's the one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one thing when you're running and you see it. It's heart-stopping 
yes. when you're a driver mm-hmm. and somebody, oh. you know, dashes out, literally dashes out in front of you. I had a guy uh, early morning, you know, just after sunrise who did that, was wearing black and, you know, wanted to get across before the light changed mm-hmm. and just, oh. I didn't see him until I, oh, it was frightening. I read a heartbreaking story on runnersworld.com yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, but it was um, a 38-year-old um I assume mom, maybe wrongly, I might have read that. She, uh, Rochester, New York native, beloved teacher, mm. and hit and killed on a run. <sighs> and, uh, you know, and the driver turned himself in. He left the scene of the crime, but he turned himself in and said he feels just absolutely horrible. And, you know, as a driver, you're never going to get over that. Oh, no. Never. No. And so this woman, you know, had, she just qualified for Boston. I, um, I'm forgetting which race uh, she ran. There's a picture of her running wine glass, mm. you know, and we were at wine glass. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, did Adrian meet her? Did Adrian, you know, did the woman stop by her booth or I don't know, just like and, you know, she had, you know, she was registered for the Boston Marathon going off to that, you know, and blink of an eye, things change. So so, you know, so the moral takeaway from that is be safe when you're out yes. there. Yeah. Be safe yeah. when you're out there. Yeah. So um, so but as I was saying, I'm going to Denver and unfortunately want that trip means that I'm missing one of John's two dance recitals this weekend. <laughs> he has a, uh, uh, with school, he has one that's pretty low key on Friday night, but then on Sunday he has one with his ballet studio. And so I've never, I've, I went to his first ballet class at the studio. And since then I haven't seen him cause he does not like people looking through the mirror. It's up by your, the studio, as you know, is up by your house. Right. And, um, so I'm very excited to see him on stage and they all have costumes and, stuff so oh my gosh yeah and he's he really was... he's taken a real focus of his he's spending the spring semester focusing on dance rather than their uh daphne's trying out for once upon a mattress which is the spring musical spring musical as they say in high school musical and um that uh he does he's not inter- that interested in the in the material and uh, a bunch of his friends hmm. are doing tech so he's gonna do tech okay well he's very well-rounded he both well-rounded yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. both no i loved seeing them in romeo and juliet oh thanks was, yeah i really appreciate you going to that oh that was fun yeah I loved it. yeah so um uh, you were he, you were returning the favor since he went and saw you do that's right your, that's right you can do my improv, improv. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i remember that as we were watching i'm like oh right john came to me to see E do her improv right. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah so i'm excited to see john dance so well folks this is it this is the first ever winter reading podcast the summer one was just so popular we had to do it again that's right so as your podcast is bi-weekly now uh the reading podcast will be biannual that's right that's exactly right <laughs> yeah. and i'll have to keep track and it doesn't I'm... mean every other year it means <laughs> twice right. a year <laughs> yeah, that's right yeah and i warn people that uh, there'll probably be a little uh, uh um fold over you know mm-hmm. possibly some of yes, the books that might, i mentioned yes. here because i know that in the second one i think there are a couple of books that i mentioned okay well that's so, that's, so fine. that's fine that's yeah, fine it'll yeah, sound familiar yeah, yeah yes yeah. so um so we'll talk books right after this break stay with us all right e what you got for us well, uh, first off, and uh, here's a um, shameless plug, but uh, one of the books that I read is Doomsday Book by Connie Willis, and um, I'm not going to discuss it much because mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to be discussing it on a podcast with our very own Adrian Martini. I know. Uh, she's a big sci-fi fan, and so the thought is, and I am not, so she sent me a list of a couple of books 
uh, said, read one of them and we'll discuss. Oh, okay. And so this is the book that I chose, and I'm really, really looking forward to discussing oh. it um, with Adrian. No, oh. no. In fact, it's a, probably about 20 years old. Oh. Yeah. There were, I think the list she gave me, um, this wasn't the oldest book by far, but it was the one that I thought that I could get it's through. Spoke, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell yeah. me you love Ray Bradbury, though. Um. Oh, come on, E. Tell me you love next, me. <laughs> next. Oh, 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 my gosh. I tell you, I, in, in, okay, in my defense, I haven't read Bradbury since college. I read him in high school and in college. And Oh, gosh. I as a, Even as a teen, I mean, like as a middle schooler, I used to devour Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Uh, I, I love a good twist ending. Love nothing better than a twist ending. And it's I, smart. Uh, yeah. Ray Bradbury is very smart. And other people have said, have encouraged me to go back to him. And I'm so, I guess I get so sort of like tense and everything about going back oh. to authors that I didn't like because I'm like, oh, well, what if it happens again? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and as you know, I think a lot of people think that I DNF more than not, you know, oh, do not finish. Uh-huh. Um, but Oh, I don't see you as a DNFer at all. Oh, oh, I am like a, I bail. Like if, if we're equating this to a road race, I see you, if it's, if we're saying this is a half marathon, I see you as getting to like mile 10 before you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm just, my house is right over here. I'm just going to go. Whereas me, I'm like, oh, I pulled a hamstring at like mile, like 0.3. And I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, so maybe I not. don't give much time to books. You, you give, you, you, cause you're always like, well, did you get, get through the first 50 pages? I'm like, I got Really got through well, the now, first you know, I say fifty. Sometimes, I mean, there's there've been a couple where I've just like, oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and there is there's one that I stuck with, and I was irritated with myself for sticking with it. It's called The Last Mrs. Parish oh. by Liv Constantine. It it just came out. It's oh. billed as uh, sort of a female thriller, um, domestic, you know, thriller, and. Hmm. I was I was so irritated that I wasted essentially a day and a half reading what I read on it. Well, can, oh. if we're going to talk, if we can take a little side, we can yeah. get a little tangent over, take the side street over here. Um, you know, but that's an interesting, the book that you were really ticked off that you read and yeah. were affected by. I'm going to throw out and I might get some, some hate tweets for this one. The Bridges of Madison County. Oh. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm still not over the <laughs> feeling of utter gripe of the... Oh, my gosh. And I felt so manipulated by that book because yeah. I was sobbing almost hysterically. Like yeah. I was crying as hard as it was raining in that book. And I just was so <laughs> mad at being toyed with. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Such drivel in my mind. And I've told you the story about how I heard it. NPR used to do this thing in the mornings mm-hmm. where for I think it was from like nine to nine thirty, they would read. They would have no. somebody that would read no. a book and they read the Bridges of Madison County. No way. And the, the hilarious thing is I was working at Pepsi for the time. And my boss was this very, very nice, but very, very Catholic man. And literally... I, I used to be able to read, I guess it was earlier than that, because I think I used to catch it in my car, and for some reason I came into to work early. And during the sex scene, the pivotal <laughs> sex scene, my poor boss wandered into my office. Oh, no. And, you know, he's a fair-haired, redhead guy anyway. And he's in there like, can, yeah, Ellison, can you... Uh, uh, you know, and <laughs> it's bright red. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and then just pivots and leaves. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, there's a couple. There are a couple of books. Um, Our Souls at Night. Kent oh. Harif, hmm. his last book. Um, oh gosh, um, that book just broke my heart. And somewhere along the same lines as hmm. the Bridges of Madison County. Um, it's Our Souls at Night, and. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you know, I was just at the end, I was like, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, we really did take a side street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's turn back, to the, turn back to the main. So let's talk some new books. Yeah. So uh, what new books have you? Uh, I have read one that you, I think, have just started, mm-hmm. which yeah. is The Power. The Power. By mm-hmm. Naomi Alderman. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm hesitant to speak my mind on it mm-hmm. uh because you're only about what 25 oh, i don't know pages? i'd have to even look yeah i got because i i should have said a disclaimer at the beginning i just have not been reading these days i just yeah. i don't know what it's been but so i yeah. am on page 68 and i feel i got to page 68 very quickly um i do have to say people are comparing the power to the handmaid's tale right which i believe i've said already at least once is one of my all-time favorite novels i read it i've read it think three times and you know first time was way back almost when it first came out margaret atwood's one of my all-time favorite novelists yeah and you know and and you know this naomi alderman was a um protege of margaret atwood and that there's a you know a quote from margaret atwood and margaret atwood is enjoying a renaissance of sorts because of uh the handmaid's tale and alias grace on netflix exactly yep fantastic that's i'm gonna download that for the flight you must that's what i did i watched three episodes going out and oh perfect uh, remind perfect remainder coming back because i i read that novel i've read alias grace and enjoyed it yeah um very much but um so this one it's a um i feel the tantalizing the there's a parceling out of um that she delivers about two-thirds of what you really need for the scene whether it's in terms of giving you information or really filling you in at least letting me know kind of where i was and what was happening in the scene it's getting a little old. I'm like, you know what? You got to paint. You got to fill in a couple more of those color by number things for me because I'm not seeing what you're trying to paint. And um, I will say this, um, you know, there is sort of a hook, mm-hmm. as, as you know, there's a, there's a hook in this story. And um, my feeling is that she focused so much on the hook Mm-hmm. And didn't focus on the plot and mm-hmm. and kind of fleshing out the story, which goes to what mm-hmm. you just said. Mm-hmm. But uh, the New York Times uh, listed it as one of their top ten books of the year. Wow! So yeah. I do think that, mm-hmm. and you know, and I've had readers who have just raved about it, and other people who have felt more like me and I'm a little hesitant to to go any farther than that since you mm-hmm. haven't read it mm-hmm. but also um, I think it is so of the moment because yes. it is oh, yes. the, the general premise is that uh girls and the or, and teens and then ultimately older women you know women who are adults um have a literal power surge that runs through them that they can channel at people and and you know if you know a man you know, tries to grab your butt in the produce section, you can, you know, zap them like without any, you know, with just your hand. And so, you know, it is um, a parable for the modern age in this world, in the world of yes. Harvey Weinstein, you know, exactly. and, the, and the, and, you know, the Me Too movement. So, um, you know, it is, I mean, her timing was impeccable. And I, I, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a talented book, it seems like, but um, I guess, I think we're both thinking we're not sure it lives up to the hype. 
Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. we're going yeah. we're going out on a limb on that one. Yeah, so, I think yeah. so. And uh, you know, I think as far as um, you know, I know this is going to be running right before Christmas, and as far as people getting uh, Christmas gifts, um, I think some people this would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know they've reissued Alias Grace, mm-hmm. so I would definitely. Um, yeah. Oh, that would be actually a, a nice. Um, you know, if you have, uh, I don't know, if you have a college student or someone who majored in you know gender studies or something yes. like that you know it would be an interesting kind of gift pack of the power handmaid's tale alias grace excellent excellent mm-hmm. idea yeah, yeah i would really go with that and mm-hmm. the, uh two of the three are in paperback so right um, right with new covers on them yes uh one of my colleagues is are is reading the newly reissued handmaid's tale with um Elizabeth Moss on the cover and she held it up thinking I'd recognize it. And to me, I see the original right. cover with the blue kind of walled in and the one lone figure in red sitting in a chair inside of it. And so I just was like, ah, and then I, <laughs> I when I could get closer to it. So my old eyes could see the yeah. title. I'm like, oh, she's reading The Handmaid's oh, yeah. Tale. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, um, all right. And you have read. And so the only other book that I literally bring to the table Mm-hmm. is um oh i have two other suggestions but i don't have them in hand yet um is the good people by hannah kent right right who some folks might know as the author of burial rights oh and i love that book. that book both of us loved that and i think overall people were just mm-hmm. gobsmacked by that book and um eagerly eagerly awaiting her second book and um so this one takes place in 19th century ireland and, you know, at that time, superstitions and a strong belief in fairies, mm-hmm. who were otherwise known as the good people, oh. and therein runs the title. So they were running rampant. And the story centers around this recent widow, Nora, who's caring for her ailing grandson, who's about four years old, and he essentially has a wasting disease. Oh. And um, the way she describes it, I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to figure out what it was that he had and and I think you know I'm I'm going to put out an appeal to anybody else who's read it and maybe so has it's a not better consumption. It doesn't appear to be consumption because mm. it's not the coughing but his his um he was he just you know for the first two years of his life was fine and now his legs are withering he can no oh. longer walk he can no longer speak oh. um and i'd like to say i say consumption as if i really could diagnose <laughs> consumption i mean yeah. i obviously watch yeah. a lot of period dramas yeah, and you've been reading a does lot he, of bronte yeah, does he hold a white handkerchief up to his mouth and then move it away and there's blood on it yeah, <laughs> yeah gosh boy they beat that one to death haven't they but but the people around him begin to suspect uh because of some Uh, unhappy events that take place they think he's a changeling which is when the fairies come and see a child that they want and they take the child and they replace the child with a changeling you know somebody that looks like it but is not really your Mm. child Mm. um so uh you know there's there begins to be a lot of grumbling about this this changeling child and i thought god that's a fantastic premise and Kent has obviously done her homework about mm. that time. I mean, you know, the atmosphere, mm-hmm. uh, the descriptions, the characters. But I think what she did was she got so wrapped up in that mm. that things just began to drag and mm. drag. And I kept wondering why I haven't heard a lot about this on mm. social yeah. media. Yeah, You know, I'd see people that were reading it, and then there would be... Nothing. Nothing. Mm. So, um... 
That's interesting because uh, remind me the uh, author of Room and her recent book. Emma, and we couldn't figure out if yeah, it's Donahue or, or Donahoe. Donahue. Yeah, yeah, Donahue. Right. right. Are you remembering the name of her book? Because it's so interesting that that. Um, oh, gosh. You, you because The Wonder. The, yep, yep, yep. And so that that's so interesting that they both did a historical novel that is very evocative of its times. Obviously, a lot of research done on the British Isles. Yes. Ireland's part of the British Isles, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> Although, you have to be really careful. I one time uh, went to see Kate Atkinson and said something about her, uh, something being you know, part of the British, and she snapped right back at me and said, I'm Irish. Right, 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 right. Whoa, right. So yeah, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. my so, bad. I, I just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. my, my, my geography's a little sketch, but, yeah. um, but so, the, the, and then in that, you know, there's a child who, um, in Emma Donahue's, in The Wonder, that has, supposedly hasn't eaten for months, so that, she, yet she's not wasting away. So there's obviously, I think we need to um, maybe get a professor in here and who can talk about the symbolism That's of right. this. You know? That's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, and, and like I say, Kent's, I mean, obviously the amount of research she put into this is just phenomenal, staggering. It's probably why it took a long time for this book to come sure. out. Because I had originally, I think I had originally heard that this book was, was coming out more than like a year ago. Oh, wow. Um, so, but. Uh, you know, I, I'd love to hear from other readers that maybe read it and enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. I'd love to hear, like, why. Mm-hmm. Because it was it was a bit of a slog for me. Okay, well, plug your Twitter handle so that people can end your new Yeah, uh, Yeah, my uh, Twitter is, uh, Twitter, I'm E-G-W, so Ellison G-W, reads as in reads a book, R-E-A-D-S, uh-huh. E-G-W reads. Um, that's where I am on Twitter. Uh, and then uh, the podcast, you can reach me at bookbullypodcast at gmail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, all right. So, but I still, I'm going to, I'm going to read it. Good. Um, no, yeah. I, th- I think you should. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, because again, Burial Rights was just, oh my goodness, it really took me there. It I mean, did. And again, I, I think I was talking about on, on your podcast about how I love books that really make you be able to sit there and see everything around you. They really put you in the book, in the place, and that you can, you know, feel the scratchy wool blanket and the hard, you know, straw-filled mattress under your bum, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, and so. I think that's why you and I both like Station Eleven, because mm-hmm. it was... Oh, yeah. It puts you right there and then kept you there even yeah. after you finished the book. Well, well, and that then... I mean, that's one of the reasons I love the road. I mean, that. I mean, that was not a good place to go. That, right. You know, made a straw mattress seem like you know the Ritz Carlton, but um, you know Cormac McCarthy's The Road. You know, oh my gosh, to talk about a book yeah. that really stuck with you. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So alrighty. Yeah, and um, I also want to put in a little plug for a book. It's uh, three years old. Um, it's called The Spinning Heart hmm. by Donnell Ryan. So D O N A L. R-Y-A-N. This will be in the show notes, but it was, um, like I said, it was published in 2014. It's a very small, slim paperback. And it's essentially a collection of linked short stories centered on a town, again, in Ireland. What is it with me? In... <laughs> I'm such an Anglophile. Um, centered in Ireland uh, shortly after the economic you know, crash of, of um, nine years ago. 
Uh, there's a builder who employed many of the townspeople, and he's run off before it's discovered that he had not been paying into the Irish equivalent of unemployment. Mm-hmm. So um, the stories, again, are linked, and each chapter focuses on one character, uh, ranging from, like, the town's essentially sort of local hero, golden boy, to... Um, an aging mother who's still grieving for a child she lost decades ago. And uh, Carl, my husband, is reading it now, and I asked him last mm-hmm. night, I said, are you enjoying it as much as I did? And he said, I really am. And he loves the way that you'll be reading one story, and there'll just be maybe a sentence that will essentially tell you something about a character that you met Ooh. three or four stories oh, back. I love, oh, I love that. It's like... Yeah. You know, it's the, the someone who's passing on the str- on the sidewalk. Exactly, you know, it's a little Groundhog Day. It is. You know, there's, you know. Yeah, yeah, and like I say, it's it's um, really slim, um, and but just sort of touching to me, and mm-hmm. um, so I I really enjoyed reading that one, and I finally finally cue mm-hmm. the you know harps. <laughs> finished a visit from the goon squad okay yeah okay yeah. and um jennifer egan uh my gosh what is that book about it's probably 10 years old if not more than that something yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and i gotta say i loved the first two-thirds of it just riveted um and I'm not going to go on and on about it because I realize that many of our listeners have read it before. But uh, uh, you, again, you talk about link stories um, sort of centering around a core group of about four or five kids that were uh, friends and teenagers uh, right at the crest of the punk era. Mm-hmm. So, you know, back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And um, love the way that, you know, she takes one character, talks about them for a while, next chapter completely changes not only the perspective but the timing uh you know she could you know jump 10 or 15 years and then about like i said at the two-third mark she went all experimental on us and um i was not happy with the last probably Mm. quarter Mm -hmm. of the book and Mm -hmm really not happy with the ending oh. um so i'm glad that i read it i was gonna say but you hung in there i did and i'm, and I'm really glad i did i did and went the whole went the distance baby um but now i'm really intrigued by her new one manhattan because right. oh, i keep so seeing it, it and i keep seeing folks on social media the really i'm thinking about two or three people have said they loved manhattan but then the caveat is they didn't really care for a visit from the goon squad uh and then vice versa folks Uh that loved goon squad but either gave up or did not care for manhattan Mm -hmm. so Hmm. so that's intriguing yeah yeah all right well um I, like I said, I haven't been reading a lot lately, so, t- and I haven't even been listening to audiobooks, because I've been back running with Molly, so, uh, you know, that cuts, it's having a best writing friend cuts into Damn your, you, Molly. <laughs> yeah, cuts into your <laughs> audiobook listening time. Um, so, but I, I got two books so far for the kids for the holidays um, as gifts, and um, so I'm very excited. I got How to Cook Everything Vegetarian, the 10th Anniversary Edition by Bittman. Mark Bittman. Yeah. Yeah, so um, because now two of my three children are vegetarian because John has jumped on the vegetarian bandwagon. And so, and it is a behemoth of a book. Oh, that's a doorstopper. Yeah. 177 yep. pages, I think. Yeah. 
And supposedly the photos are phenomenal. Um, you know, NPR definitely talked him up quite a bit. It was um, Mark Bittman was on the podcast On Point, which I love that podcast. I love that podcast, uh, current events podcast. And so, um, so I heard, you know, so I talk a lot about the book. And so I'm excited to find some new recipes. And I've decided I'm also going to sit down and actually read my cookbooks. Ooh. You know, not, not read them cover to cover by any means, but really kind of read the intro. And if there's, you know, kind of some discussion about some of the recipes, like read it. Because, I don't know, it, it's not a big as, as big a commitment as reading a novel. And um, the only cookbook I've done that with is um, Jerusalem by the, um, uh, now the New York Times contributor who is first name begins with a Y. Oh, 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 um, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he, I think he's Israeli, so he has a... Um, uh, name that I would probably botch the pronunciation of, but so that and that one, boy, talk about transporting and putting you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I was just you know walking down those narrow aisles with you know pomegranates around me <laughs> and you know <laughs> olives and, and everything. Yeah. So, so I'm excited. So I'm hoping that How to Cook Everything Vegetarian sort of does the same sort of thing. And um, you know, I just love finding good new recipes. Yeah. So. Um, yeah and uh yes so that one's for phoebe i you know thankfully my kids don't listen so i can tell them everything they're getting for christmas (laughs) um and then for john as i you know said he's really starting to focus a lot more on his dance so i'm getting him um an autobiography it's a body of work dancing to the edge and back by david hallberg oh who was the first american uh to uh be uh, to dance with the Bolshoi, to be a member of the Bolshoi oh Ballet. Okay. And so he's a young man. He's only in his um, 30s, but he also had horrific, at least one injury, it might have been two, that, that everybody said was going to be a career stopper. And he went to Australia and got very, very innovative, intriguing um, rehab physical therapy. And it was able to bring him back to the professional world of dance. And so mm. he has, I'm pretty sure he lives in Australia now and is either a you know a principal um dancer with a company over there or he's is one of their you know instructors or something so um and he's i mean he's one of the david hallberg is one of the most renowned male ballet dancers oh my goodness so yeah that's right up his alley right right and 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 i also being that he's that john is 12 i also found some youtube videos of david hallberg so i can kind of pull him in that way yes Uh, yeah because i have to say the kids are supposed to uh in seventh grade they're supposed to for language arts they're supposed to read half an hour a night and john is just not good about it okay he just can't find books that interest him so i'm like okay well let's try a different tack like let's not try to find you know a ya novel you know there's only so many the hunger games and so maybe let's try a memoir. Oh, that's so. smart. Yeah, smart. yeah. So you know, he uh, David Hallberg had he was bullied as a kid, and um, you know, so um, yeah, and, and that may lead him down to some other. I mean, there are several right. you know autobiographies uh, and biographies that that he can go to from there. That's, that's exactly. Great. That's so yeah, and I know idea. that Misty Copeland, speaking of ballet right? and cookbook, so you know, hers is um, kind of nutritiony. It has some recipes right. in it. I think so. So um, so she has a book. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm eyeballing that one, but for now. It might be a fail. I figure, if nothing else, I'm going to read the David Hallberg yeah. book. Yeah. If nothing else, I'm going to look at the pictures of the David Hallberg book. Yeah. But, uh, um, so, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, well. Um, and you have a very large nonfiction book. Oh, um, yeah. I uh, The one that I uh, have not cracked, um, have started, but 
had to put aside when we went on vacation, and then I want to come back to it. And I think this one would be a great gift for history lovers, and that is Ron Chernow's uh, latest book, which is Grant, Mm -hmm. uh, a biography of Ulysses S. Grant. And people mainly know Chernow because of uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. And a lot of people have have come to him through that, which is a a difficult book to read. I came to him by what stuns me now. He has a book called The Warburgs, W-A-R-B-U-R-G-S, which Mm -hmm. was written about 20 years ago. And essentially is the history of a German-Jewish banking family uh, dating back into the 19th. You think my parents don't have that book at their house? My dad, he loves love you know, them he, he, you oh know, my god my, your, your parents have always been my people <laughs> yeah, no, he only reads not you know when he could read because of his eyes he would only read nonfiction, yep. and he was particularly fascinated with um world war ii era things oh, and so gosh. that yeah. book just i was like there's no way i'm going to enjoy this book sit down <laughs> read a chapter two chapters there's no way i'm going to keep up i mean that book was fascinating oh. and chernow has the gift uh-huh. he can take nonfiction. And, you know, it's it's just like well, you're look, sitting there talking to someone. Look what Hamilton did. I mean, right. it gave us the, the brilliant musical, you know, inspired Lin-Manuel. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I swell, Lin-Manuel must just, I mean, hats off to him because how he... Oh, and he brought that. it on a Caribbean vacation. That's what I I remember yeah. seeing that, and, and I, I bet was it was like, only in hardcover then because it <laughs> yeah. wasn't popular. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, and uh, I think I told you that I thought at first that I'd gotten rid of my uh, um, first edition hard copy, and oh. I didn't. So thank oh, goodness phew, for that. Phew. Yeah, phew. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would highly recommend anything. Um, you know, I love Claire Tomlin. She's my other yes. biographer. Oh, yeah. I like that, but I really think that Ron Chernow is is just is is fascinating and um somebody on instagram was asking me about another book uh history book that i would recommend and she said modern history and i you know being a history major i think modern history is the last 100 years which a lot of people i also didn't know you were a history major that's i was i was that's intriguing you weren't an english major i started off as an english major it's a long story but i got um uh an English teacher sat me down at one point in my freshman year in college and said, it says here that you want to major in English. I would rethink that if I oh. were you. And I was such an immature, um, I think, you know, very self-conscious, you know, mm. college freshman. And I was terrified. Oh. And so I changed my major. And then, of course, later on, I, you know, ran into two amazing uh, English teachers at Wake Forest University, um, uh, including Provost Edwin Wilson, who I love to this day, who really tried to talk me Hmm. back into English. But anyway, be it that as it may, um, there's a book called uh, Troublesome Young Men, Hmm. and the author is Lynn Olson. And it takes place uh, on the eve of World War II, and essentially the title comes from the fact that there were Churchill, young Winston Churchill and a couple of other uh, young members of Parliament who really began to see uh, the danger that was going on uh, with Hitler and, and even even before it became obvious. Mm-hmm. And they really began sort of sounding the oh. alarm. But uh, so one of the older members of parliament referred to them as those troublesome young men. But the book is so good that my father, who's 88, uh, when he read it about, oh gosh, he read it probably about 10 years ago. um, I remember I had 
he'd come to visit us, I'd put it by his nightstand. I put oh, a couple of me. books. Oh, that's so Martha Stewart of you. I know. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know. And uh, he read about 100 pages of it, came downstairs one morning, and I said, are you enjoying the book? And he looked at me and he goes, Ellison, I think there's going to be a war. <laughs> <laughs> but that's sort of indicative of how she... You know, you, you know what's happening. I mean, yeah. you know, but you're sitting there on the edge of your seat. Right, with right, it. right. Oh right. my gosh, what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, oh those, those are maybe two read books. as a companion piece of that Gary Oldham um, movie as, about Winston Churchill. Right. I don't, I'm not remembering the Alex. Do you remember the name of that movie? What is that? I just heard a plug for it yeah. yesterday. Come on, Alex. You're you're young. You know things. It's what a recent movie. <laughs> He's watching the dog. Oh, he's using the dog as an excuse. Okay. <laughs> Note to self. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, so funny. Yeah, but that would be an English bulldog, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have to say, I also just realized as you were talking, you were talking about your father saying he's 88. I want to give a shout out to my dad, who the day this show debuts is Friday, December 8th, which my dad will turn 91. Happy birthday. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, um, your dad is a treasure. Your mom oh, as well. Oh, I, thank you. You're very I, sweet. I always enjoyed being you're, around them. You're very sweet. Yeah. So, and also, but speaking of all things British, that um, on the 8th, also The Crown, season two of The Crown comes out. I am all, uh, all the, tw- I mean, I'm just <laughs> like, I can't, you know, and, but I'm also, I'm thinking, Ellison, you've got a new podcast. Hey, you've got to work because <laughs> what happened with the first season was I would say, oh, yeah, I'll watch. You know, I'll Just watch one. one episode. It's like, like Lay's potato chips. <laughs> you know? I mean, I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to watch half. Oh, no. Of oh, that this, never works. Of, never yeah, works. I'm going to set my alarm on my Stop phone. Yeah, no, no. That was a total failure. So I'm like terrified. I mean, Netflix needs to come out with like a shutdown feature, like a bomb comes yeah. on. It's like you're going to get shut out, for, and you have, but you have to set it yourself. Right. And, you know, right. But you know what would happen? I'd be many? calling you yeah. saying, I'm coming over right. right what's your account sarah tell me tell me what's your password now <laughs> i'm not above yeah, right. your dog yeah. how much do you like that dog of yours <laughs> yeah in fact i sat next to a young woman uh going out to south carolina and she saw me watching alias grace on netflix and was asking you know, do you mind me asking what that is and everything and then she said oh i'm so excited because in a couple of weeks the queen season two of the queen comes oh, out yeah. and I was like the queen no, and then I thought oh <laughs> yeah 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 so I heard a review on NPR this morning oh and uh I think it was David Falkenflick and okay. uh he was um not so sold on the first couple episodes but okay. then he says there's this pivotal event that then really the whole thing just shifts into like binge drive oh great so, okay. yeah 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 so the first three you might be okay okay then, i can get some work done yeah, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. so um yeah i mean gosh that episode that focused on speaking of churchill that focused on you know the portrait with uh you know oh, right. that was a great right. i just really loved that episode. yeah you know it made me want to go see churchill's house and you know Oh, all that. I mean, the gardens and the pond was so pretty. Yeah, and there's a book that I I think I, I have it. I know that I read it, and this was another one. There, there are two books of letters mm-hmm. that I enjoyed, and I'm not going to be able to come up with a name, so I apologize for that. But one of them was letters in be- between uh, Nicholas II and Alexandra, Ooh. the last Tsar and Tsarian of Russia, and those were fascinating. But then there were some between... Uh, Churchill and his wife Clementine Uh Um, and probably not as riveting as as uh, the czars czars, but 
uh, still so interesting oh. and such a, um, I just find a lot of those long-term uh, marriages where somebody, you know, where there's so much history that goes on and, you know, at least one of the couple is an extremely, mm-hmm. you know, fascinating person in their own right. And then you get to see, you mm-hmm. know, the spouse. Right, so, right. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I'm not much for epistolary books. I'm not usually. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, a lot. I of... just want to use that term epistolary. Yeah, by the way. I know, yeah. and I was. Uh-huh. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it. I think it really depends on who puts it together, mm-hmm. uh, because I think sometimes you've got to sometimes maybe sort of eliminate some of the, mm. you know, wheat from the chaff. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking yeah. of that, can I say that I use the the word tam- the phrase Tam O'Shanter on the run this morning with Molly. No. <laughs> wow, did she know what you were <laughs> She totally did because she the best word I said, Oh, can I get credit for that like you got for ne'er do well? <laughs> so then and then I said, Oh, and I want to say Prince Nez uh, and uh, those little oh yeah those, okay. okay. So, All right. so then the funny <laughs> thing is it turns out that she and I both confuse that with a fez. Oh, Which, oh, you no, know that we think yeah. a princess is a little hat. And right, princess no, no. is those little, little clip-on glasses, glasses that just pinch your nose and that don't have stems on them. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, but was, so, from... so, so she said to me, she goes, "Oh, is that kind of like a fez?" Mm-mm. And then she said, answered her own question. She goes, "Never mind, a fez is a fez." Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. these are the types of conversations that Molly and I have on runs, and I'm sure you could appre- you'd be like chiming in. <laughs> well, the, the the thing is that this shows how long I've been around my grandchildren, who are you know five and two and a half. When you said Prince Nez, I was like, "Okay, wait a minute, let's see what, what we, TV show is which, that on." Which Disney prince and princess is that? <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my gosh! Speaking of that, did you see in the Times that there is now uh, just opened a SpongeBob SquarePants musical on I Broadway? I saw that, and, and apparent- it got phenomenal yes, reviews. That's what I was going to say. And the guy that apparently plays SpongeBob, SpongeBob people are just raving about. Oh, I him. know. Yeah. I, I mean, reading that review in the Times, I thought, oh my gosh. That I'm going to take John to it. Like, yeah. when we go out and see my parents, I'm going yeah. to buy tickets and take him in to see oh, yeah. it. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah. wait, I'm thinking about going to see a SpongeBob SquarePants Broadway musical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it comes to all of us. So, yeah, some of the things that, that I became, uh, my granddaughter turned five while we were back there. And she oh, had a, ra- uh, a um, Rapunzel and Flynn Rider. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so I was, you know, my that husband and I like, weak. who's Flynn Rider? Who? Uh, and they came to the party. So actors, oh, an actor and an actress goodness. came. And so you've got like 16, you know, four, five, and six-year-old children. Oh and talk about a bunch of kids just riveted <laughs> by, you know, uh, Rapunzel sang. Oh, you know, goodness. Flynn Rider wrestled, you know, with all. And, and uh, uh, you know, I was just like, uh, I don't know who this guy is, but, you know. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so because yeah. that was not a recent movie. I no, mean... no, but I think you know so many of these kids. You know, they oh, they watch them over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, they were. But I mean, it's not Moana, you know, and it's no, no, you know. So that would be the most recent. Yeah, I, I, I guess that is, isn't that? Is that I mean, I saw recent? Moana in the theater with the twins, and we loved it. Yeah, but and... I mean, but I saw Rapunzel when the kids were young enough to really enjoy. When all the kids were young enough, and ugh, it was mediocre really? at best. Well, they uh, they did go to see. They took Kennedy. I say they. Her parents took Kennedy to see is it coco oh yeah that mm-hmm. and and it got great reviews oh my gosh they loved it and then a friend of mine came over with her mother to visit and they just raved about it said wow. it was fantastic so it seems like it's going across i was intrigued because to me coco looks like you know a remake of that guillermo del toro 
you know, <gasps> day of, it's not called Day of the Dead because that no, would not be a real. Um, oh. You know, oh. but it's about Day of the Dead type stuff. And I just was like, really? We need, like, and then I felt like, oh, you know, oh, let's do a movie that'll, you know, appeal to Mexicans. Let's have it be about Day of the Dead. Right. And it's like, folks. There's other things in Mexican culture that might appeal right. to them, but then Coco got all these rave reviews. Oh gosh, I mean, all of them. You yeah, know, everybody that I've talked to yeah. says, oh, I, well, and they look at me like, "You haven't seen it yet?" Oh, well, so, maybe I'll take John to it. Yeah, 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 huh. yeah. Huh. So, oh my goodness! All right, so you got you got any other book offerings? Well, uh, the one thing that um, I did read, and you and I had talked about this on Twitter, is what she ate. By Laura Shapiro. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Which is uh, essentially where she takes, I believe it's six women, uh, historical women, and uh, beginning with Dorothy Wordsworth, and I believe she ends with Helen Gurley Brown. Mm-hmm. I might have to go back and look at that. but And she essentially uh, talks about them and discusses them through the eyes of food. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's called What She Ate. And uh, this was hit and miss for me. Um, a couple of the sections... The one on Dorothy Wordsworth, I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did not know much about her, although I love okay, Wordsworth poetry. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're saying it was uh, William Wordsworth's wife? Sister. Oh, sister. His oh, sister, who essentially devoted uh, many, many years uh, to first caring for him and, and cooking for him. And then uh, when he married, she essentially, for a long time, lived with the family. Uh, he and his wife, and I think they ended up having, what, five or six kids. Um, but it was it was fascinating because, A, I didn't know, you know, I knew that Dorothy Wordsworth was a sister. That's where it mm-hmm. ended. Um, talking about the times, talking about um, her life essentially through not only the things that she cooked, but the things that she, you know, went out, you know, collecting you know, food scattered, you know, foraging, foraging. Thank yeah. you. We know yeah. from foraging, foraging here in yeah. Oregon. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's come for on. sure. Come on. Uh, How sure. do they let yeah. you in the border if you don't know the word <laughs> yeah. foraging? I don't you know. know. I, I sweet talked my way <laughs> you know, through. It's like bribed um, with books. <laughs> it's Meghan Markle, the way she has to, that you see, she has to take a really, really stringent oh, yeah. test to yeah. become a British uh, <laughs> citizen eventually, I guess five years after she's lived there with, with Prince Harry. And so I, the same sort of test for Oregon, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, name, how, tell Tell me how you, uh, you know, roast coffee. Uh, That's right. And uh, <laughs> name 10 microbrews. <laughs> Five favorite dog breeds and yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah. But I, I don't know. I liked, I liked the book, but there were a couple, like Helen Gurley Brown, I just kept saying, I don't understand. I don't see her as a person who ate. No, she, she was anorexic. She made, I mean, my goodness, she makes you look, you know, Oh, I could plus bench size. press her, twirl yeah. her in the yeah, air, right, you know, right. sling her between my legs. I mean, <laughs> right. she was, and, you know, so he does sort of focus on the fact that she is, or, she, you know, Shapiro focuses on the fact that she had this very, very strange relationship oh, with food, okay. but... I don't know that it just, I was sort of like, huh, okay. Mm. Um, so I, I I think I would recommend this book to somebody who's, you know, got an interest in women's studies and has obviously an interest in food, but I'd recommend it, you know, with a caveat that, you know, you may or or may not enjoy some of them. They, she, they also talk about, she also has a chapter on Eva Braun. Oh my God. Oh, it's a circle back to my dad. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. that was, was fascinating because she does, you know, spin outward and wow, 
you know. Oh my goodness, yeah. Talk. So she was she was Hitler's mistress. And yes. She was in the bunker. Oh yes. And committed yeah. suicide alongside yeah, of him. Yeah, very cheerfully mm-hmm. apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, or do we so, think she committed suicide, or do you think she, someone shot her? Maybe. I think in her case, no. I, I'm pretty sure she committed suicide. Okay. I thought they both took cyanide. Okay. Um, um, I, you know, here again, I think that's the way we, we should. I think we need to do history. a caveat at the beginning of this podcast. If you don't like history, like just skip over this whole. That's line. right. That's exactly right. That's exactly. <laughs> and also, so maybe the um, the maybe the what she ate. Maybe that's the trio with. So for the you know, if you got a women's studies right um, major or someone aspiring to be that in your household, you get a, get her or or you get that child. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Margaret, a Margaret Atwood novel. You get the the power by no, Naomi Alderman and what she ate by Laura Shapiro. And yeah. Let the let the reader decide for no, themselves. No, I, I I think so. And um, so that that one, you know, it's it's interesting. I was thinking about compiling a list of my favorite books of 2017, which mm-hmm. which I'll do for the podcast. But um, this has been kind of an odd year because oh. I I had a a couple that I liked, and then the last probably like last three or four months. I have to it's say it's been a, a little bit of a little yeah. sparse, it's a little bit of a dearth yeah. of oh yeah, because I was like oh yeah, and I, I started a, a file in my uh, a note in my cell phone about um, books to include in the podcast, and it didn't get to be a very long list. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I should now open it up and see what else I had on there. Um, yes, possible books for 2017 winter. Oh, I had um oh American Fire by Monica Hess or Hesse. And I have that on hold as an audiobook. Okay. Um, that's about a um a spat of arson yes, fires in a in, I want to say a small the the Great Plains gosh, state. Yeah, it's somewhere it North somewhere Dakota, in the, Nebraska. Yeah, somewhere like that. Yeah. And that one's been getting good. And the yeah. other one, speaking of fires, in fact, this also made the uh, New York Times top ten in nonfiction is Prairie Fires, oh. the American Dreams of Laura Ingalls Wilder <gasps> by Carolyn Fraser, and it's essentially uh. It sounds like it's a combination of a biography mm-hmm. of a Wilder, but also um, similar to the book on uh, the Donner Party. She also sort of spins out and looks at the country, you know, oh. during that time um, and talks a lot about how, you know, we romanticize uh, mm-hmm. the Little House on the Prairie books. But, you know, oh. talk about what they were doing to the Native people and just. Oh, I oh mean, yeah. I mean, you know that the kind of the ugly side of that, but the, the Times and several other reviewers loved it. So I've got a copy of that on the oh. way to me. Oh, yeah, and I thought good. you would in particular like that. Oh, I think like I could that. totally dig that. Yep. Oh, tell us the name of that one again. Prairie Fires. Uh-huh. And the subtitle is The American Dreams of Laura Ingalls Wilder. Uh-huh. And the author is Caroline Frazier. Okay. Yeah. Um and uh yeah. And you know that that doll right over there is Laura Ingalls Wilder, right? It's I Laura would Ingalls. never have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a rag doll from yeah. my childhood, and yeah. she lives down here in the guest oh, bedroom. Oh, I didn't realize it was from your childhood. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. You're just like, why does Sarah have that Because do- I'm a person that just puts something down there. It's yeah. going to stay there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I do think that, you know, that's a way for all of us that have the little house obsession to mm-hmm. keep it going. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, oh, and it's Manhattan Beach by Jennifer oh, Egan. sorry. You're exactly right. It's not yeah, Manhattan. That was the, the, I'm, I'm, that was I'm Woody Alleying it. It's, it's funny because I thought, wow, I thought that was set in, I knew it was set in California. Right, right. And so it's Manhattan, Manhattan Beach by Jennifer Beach. Egan. Right. And, um, and then one, I did start list, try listening to a, another nonfiction book, The Great Quake by Henry Fountain, who is a writer for the New York Times. And it's about the uh, great quake of um, 
Alaska, the uh, strongest known earthquake. Oh, and that had and, repercussions down in Astoria, didn't oh, it? Oh, it had. I mean, people drowned in California because of tsunamis. Oh, my word. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I have to say it was ended up not being about it. It just didn't um, get back to the earthquake quick enough. It was a mm. lot about kind of Alaska. And it just that. I want to hear about the earthquake. Living here in Portland, you want to, you know, knowledge is power. Right. So uh, given that, um, you know, we will probably be hit by one. Um, So that didn't, that didn't live up to my expectations. And, um, and then also I um, I have on there, see what I have done by Sarah Schmidt. And it's about Lizzie Borden. Right. And I have to say, you know, I, one genre of podcast, I love her true crime. And so, and I've read a, um, uh, graphic novel about Lizzie Borden. And so, um, yeah. So, and you seem to, you recognize uh, that title. I, 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 we were just talking earlier before the podcast about how when we pick up books and the um, print is too large, it, always, <laughs> it throws me. But, you know, given how myopic I'm becoming, I'm like, why don't I, like, you know, embrace, hold these books to my chest? But um, that's the case in this one. And I picked it up at Powell's, began reading began skimming through and thought, hmm. And two readers that I really trust, uh, one of them did finish it, but she did not care for it. Another reader abandoned it. So I I may still pick it up when it becomes more accessible on at the library. But um, well, but in the meantime, there is a podcast about Lizzie Borden. I'm forgetting what the name of it is. I actually just deleted it because I was I never just felt like diving into it. Like, okay. you know, and I don't know. Oh, um, wow. And then also um, that graphic novel, it's by, um, the writer's last name is Geary. Yeah, Rick Geary. Uh, Rick Geary. I yeah. love his oh, graphic his novels. Is... Love yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, you... the one about the Lindbergh baby kidnapping right. and Amelia Earhart and just some random, um, you know, kind of murder, mis- you know, murder, sensational murders of the olden Stanford you know, 1920s. White. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh. I love that. And yeah. I always go in there, there at Multnomah County Library. There's a certain place where those are on the shelf. And I keep going back there, <laughs> hoping there's new ones. And there never is. But it's like, you know, the way I go back to Pride and Prejudice. And maybe right. one day there'll yeah. be a brand new chapter in there That's that right. I didn't read already. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, so, you know, uh, just if people want more about books, they can... Subscribe to the book bully. That's right. It's up and running, and uh, mm-hmm. I really again have to thank everybody. Uh, the feedback's been fantastic, and um, I look forward to to many, many more episodes. And yeah, yeah. If I can tear myself away from the crown, <laughs> you might read a book or two before yeah, the next right. episode. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This has been fun. It uh, has been fun. Yeah. I know we could keep keep talking and. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, we will um, reconvene again for the summer podcast. Yay! Yes. <laughs> um, so, all right. Well, let's uh, see what the folks in the Train Like a Mother Club are up to. Hello, hello, everybody. Dimity here in Denver. Ho, ho, ho. We're waiting for some snow here in Denver. And while we're waiting here, I am sitting in a small little contained room. So I apologize for the sound quality if I sound a little echoey, Um, but I definitely needed to record this because it's such a great Train Like a Mother Club corner. It is um, unsolicited race, like uh, Coach MK calls it the YOLO race, you only live once. It comes from um, Katie Ormson, who ran an ultra, a 50K on a whim. Um, I'll read it for you here. 
She says, um, last week I decided to run a local trail 50K. I know, I know. But I ran by heart rate and it worked out great. I kept my heart rate in check and paced well. Mile 28 was fast and the last mile was the fastest. And to remind you, if you're, you know, an American, a 50K is 31 miles. Um, and her last mile was the fastest because she had gas in the tank. The race was fun and I earned a belt buckle. I know that I was able to do this because I've been in heart rate training for 18 months. And then she said, and the best part, I feel great tonight after the race and I'm hosting people for the Big Ten Championship football game. Oh, and I made a big crock pot of chili before I left for the race this morning. Love you, Coach MK. So just wanted to share that, first of all, because I love the uh, impromptuness of, hey, you know what? I've been training for 18 months straight. I'm just going to go out and take on a 50K. Got to love, you know, a little bit of badass Bammer and Katie. Um, and then also that, you know, heart rate is definitely one of the programs that um, consistency pays off. And it's not, you know, the, the, the training, the race programs are 20 weeks long and we ask you to kind of string them together. So, um, you know, just love to see that patience is rewarded. So great job, Katie. Great job to all of you who are striding into the holidays. And um, we will see you next week back in my office. Take care. Bye. Hey there. So remember to shop the Mother Runner store for gifties for your running buddies or send links to your loved ones, letting them know what you want. Maybe it's our cuddly Another Mother Runner sweatshirt for your sister or our new hashtag Bammer keychain for your coworker who just ran her first half marathon. Got it all right here, right in the storage room, right next to this studio. And <laughs> I will be filling those orders. Um, so head over to the Mother Runner store.com to check it all out. Again, that's motherrunnerstore.com. Our podcast is a member of the ACAST network and our show today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Music.